Hey everybody, it's Matt Johnson. We're back with another episode of the Pursuing Results podcast where we interview successful people about one book that changed their lives and we've got an awesome guest and an awesome book. And I'm really excited about this episode because the book that we're covering is called Essentialism and it's The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. So this is going to be an incredible conversation. We're going to talk about uh, some of the struggles and how to implement this, uh, the idea that by being disciplined about the opportunities that you go after and the things that you pursue, you can actually accomplish more and have more of an impact in your business and in your life. So it's going to be a very, very cool conversation. Uh, as always, I'm joined by the uh, the co-pilot, Junior Grandmaster himself, Greg Mutano. Greg, what's yeah, up? Yeah, you are. <laughs> you know you're better because I'm here, buddy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I just came up with that one. Right. My, one yeah, I was going to say, my life is enriched just by your very presence. <laughs> yeah, as I, as I said on another podcast, I am your certified Greg Wrangler. Uh, <laughs> although, in this podcast, I, ha- I kind of take the lead. So, uh, and Greg, we've agreed. You're we've agreed to let you do that. You're a very yes, pleasant yes, thorn yes. in my side. <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm dude, dude, today's an amazing day. Uh, you and I have an incredible strategy call coming up at four o'clock with a very big opportunity potentially. We just got word today that CAR is having me do two speaking engagements. Matt doing one speaking engagement. We're gonna have a booth down with them in October in Long Beach, and our guest Matt, I have massive uh, mic envy for the mic that he's working off of. So I just had to get that out there. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's bring in our special guest Matt Aitchison from the uh, the Aitchison Adams team, right in uh, in Roseville. Yep, we're uh, we're out of Sacramento region, but yeah, Roseville, California, and uh, some recent shifts actually to uh, to our team, which is exciting, and all going on in the real estate space of what you guys are doing. Got a lot of stuff to cover, and obviously tying in with the book that we'll be talking about today will be a big part of what that shift was for me. So. Awesome. Interesting. Very cool. All right. So let's talk about kind of where you're at right now. So we've got the bio on on who you are, where you are. So what what does the team do, and what all businesses are you involved in personally? Yeah. So uh, the team is consists of we're right around forty million dollar team, uh, running pretty lean. Three agents, uh, two admin staff, and uh, my business partner Rachel and I. And actually, after uh, reading this book last year, it kind of led me down a different path that. Um, led me to uh, kind of a fork and road this year, but I also have an investment company where I flip houses, uh, buy rentals, and then we do coaching and consulting and have um, an actual new course that we're launching to help other people become six-figure flippers. And then we, uh, I also am a partner in a construction company. So strategically kind of set up, you know, modeling after the Warren Buffett model, or we got friends like Jeff Cohn who. Uh, have mastered this model of we all operate within this ecosystem and they feed one another and they cross-pollinate one another. So that was kind of my vision of where I wanted to take my businesses in the real estate space. And after reading Essentialism, um, some things shifted for me and it was all great stuff. It's led me exactly to where I'm at today. So I'm sure we'll be diving into a little bit of that. So it sounds yeah. like, Matt, you really need to, you know, start doing something with your life. I mean, stop sitting on the couch, my goodness. Dude, I'm a, I'm a lazy mofo, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because you built this in, in how, some ridiculously short time frame. It's less than five years, right, Matt? Wow. Yeah, so I, uh, I graduated from UC Santa Barbara immediately, like... Most people who graduate with a $40,000 piece of paper have no freaking clue what the hell they want to do with their lives. And uh, my mom had been dragging me to real estate investing and flipping seminars from the time I was you know, maybe 12 to 17. And 
she'd pay for all these expensive courses and she'd go back to her corporate job, which was great, but I'd be the one going into the library, uh, pulling those off the shelf and reading them. And I was like, man, you know, when I graduated school, I was like, what the hell am I going to do? was broke in debt and real estate seemed like something that checked off all those boxes. The freedom, be your own boss, make an impact in your community, make as much money as you want. And so I immediately jumped into real estate with my business partner, Rachel, and we started the H.T. Adams real estate team in 2012. And then we kind of grew it each year from you know 10 million to 15 to 25. And last year we were at around 36 million. Um, and this year I think she's made, pacing to do a little bit more than that. That's Very fantastic. Cool. Yeah, actually, you exactly like us. I mean, our yeah, team yeah. here in the Bay, you run lean. You're you're like anywhere from about thirty to sixty, seventy million in volume, depending on the year. You know, admin staff. You don't have all uh, all these buyers agents or anything else. You're doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You got you and I are living in the, the same almost same exact kind of uh, lifestyle. And I I need to introduce you to my boy Sean Smith up in Roseville, dude. So do cool. That Sean Smith, man, sounds uh sounds super uh, familiar. He's a he's a he's a um um. Insurance guy, but he's awesome. You guys cool. will click. He could definitely help you guys. I'll show you. I'll, sh I'll tell you why. Yeah, a lot of people I think have these big teams, um, but at the end of the day, one of the things for me personally, and this is my chosen model, is I want to be profitable. I don't care if it's fifty million dollar team, a hundred million dollar team. How much are you taking home at the end of the day, and how much of your time are you putting towards? getting that amount of profit and so that's where essentialism was a big okay I need to audit what's going on here because bigger isn't always better um, and you know with the kind of idea of growth 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 a lot of people sacrifice their time with their loved ones time with themselves their health uh, and they necessarily aren't getting the return that they would hope to have and for me uh, when I kind of removed my ego from this process and said it's all about wealth building for me and growing that financial freedom and security for the long term. Uh, it made me look at my business a little bit differently. Oh, yeah. That's totally true. Totally yeah, true. Uh, and, and I'm sure you've experienced this, Matt, in the in the time that you've been in real estate. I mean, just watching <clears throat> watching the coaching programs, it seems like the default line is agent comes to coach, says, I want to do X. Coach says, great, now double that. And then commence yeah. coaching from there. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> so true. I, Cross I it out and double it. Cross it on double it. Yeah, that's the, the mantra of real estate coaches. Uh, I won't. I won't name the specific organization that I'm thinking of, but we'll let that go. Uh, but we all. We all know in the in the real estate circles who I'm referring to. But uh, yeah. So this is. So you. You basically were kind of caught up in this cycle. I'm sure being pushed along and encouraged by the higher ups of the uh, the company that you're a part of to become essentially the next poster boy and and stage presence and proof of concept right for for everything that you have going on right so you had to step back and let go of the ego um, so take me back to where like when the book entered your life like you're in the middle of this this year where you guys eventually did almost 40 million in production so yep. what were like what was the plan what was the goal at that point why did that change so the goal was 50 million and uh, <laughs> The goal was honestly driven by our coach. It was driven by a lot of the people in the organization that we felt we needed to check this box and that box in order to have this door open for us. And um, you know that was uh, a, a good thing because you know it kind of lit a fire under my my butt and kept me always wanting to grow and expand, which is, is has been. Um, kind of approach I take to everything and yet at the same time I had to reevaluate like what is my intention behind this like why do I really want this is it for the money is it for the recognition is it for the network the opportunities what is this 
And when I boiled it down, um, I'm a pretty simple dude. I like to travel. I love to have connections with great people. I love to spend as much time as I possibly can with my family, but I love to inspire and create opportunity for others. So the the real estate team was something where I was, I was kind of losing a little bit of luster for myself. And uh, when your head's not in the game, I mean, it doesn't serve you and it definitely doesn't serve anybody else. And that was something I kind of had to be aware of. And so I read this book about it was about halfway through 2015 and it was just right at the right time. I mean, I had this company, that company, this company, this opportunity, that opportunity. And as all entrepreneurs, you know, struggle with, it's this shiny object syndrome, mm-hmm. do more, take on more, more opportunity. And yet, you know, you can only push really uh, one wheelbarrow up the hill at the the highest potential that you have and so you know I was trying to push five or six wheelbarrows I was starting to my life balance wheel that I was looking at was really becoming more of this lopsided wheel that was only clunking along it wasn't really flowing and so um, I kind of recommitted to saying hey I want to have more life balance and then I read this book and I was like whoa I really need to start taking a look at what I am committing my time to and is it really serving the goals that I have in my life or am I just doing this to do it because that's what I think I have to do in order to get X and so that's where I really started to take a look at things a little bit closer and um, you know Greg McCown brought up some amazing points and some strategies and some tips that I started to I I read the book four times just so I could really get intimate (laughs) with understanding this because um, I knew this was a, a path that my heart was telling me I was pulled in but my head, my ego, a lot of other things were still keeping me on this other side that necessarily wasn't in alignment with uh, what I wanted at my core. Yeah, it's so true. We're like real estate agents, like all of us, you know, we like you said, the, the, we get pulled in so many different directions, and I'm sure that it felt incredibly empowering to be able to finally let that go and start whittling away at all that stuff and focusing on something. Huh? Did, did, what was that feeling? Walk, walk me through that really quickly. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was empowering. I mean, I think of you know that old saying of the monkey off your back, and I didn't necessarily know I had a monkey on my back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he it was, was light yeah, and fluffy. <laughs> yeah, he was really friendly, and the chatter was good here and there. But no, it was one of those things where I didn't necessarily know it until it hit me that one day. And you know, one of the things that Greg McCown says in the book is everything changes when we give ourselves permission to be more selective on what we choose to do and spend our time on. And by doing that, really, it helps us unlock the next level of freedom and achievement in our lives. So by my ego telling me I needed to hang on to this over here, it was really preventing me from being able to give more attention and be more contributing and at my highest and best self in these other areas that at the end of the day are more fulfilling, make me happier, and are probably going to serve me and my goals at a higher level. So it was uh, it was really empowering when I got to this space where I was like, damn, this, this is actually the direction that I'm going and I need to be honest with myself about that because my partner Rachel and I, we restructured our uh, business agreement to where I am 100% passive and out of Aitchison and Adams and she is the driving force in that company now and as much as I wanted to hang on to that and as much as that was my baby mm-hmm. and I put blood, sweat, and tears into building that brand and that company, um, I also knew that I had to be honest with myself and with her and with everybody else in our organization that that's not what my end goal was. That was not where I was truly passionate and where I felt um, I was going to make my mark on this world. And so 
we had that conversation and I will tell you what, my results have 10 x in other areas by just having that decision, going forward with it and the way we've handled that kind of separation has, um, it's only made our friendship stronger and I'm really proud of how we did that because a lot of people, um, you know, when partnerships divide, it, it goes ugly and so uh, we're on the best of terms and it's, it's really cool. You know, I, I have a monkey on my back. I have a, something that uh, I, I have to, got to have a conversation about. And, dude, it's, it, it's starting to get heavy, man. You know, like, it's, it's, it, it eats away at you. And then you're just like, damn, dude, what am I mean, what are the potential fallouts of this? Yeah. You know, that went through your mind quite a bit. And you're like, ah, oh, shit, you know, I, I really built this up. And what if, what if, what am I going to let her down? Am I going to let my family down? Am I going to let, you know, something down? You know, what was, what ultimately made you, you know, buck up and, 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 and say, hey, we should probably do coffee, you know? You know, you got to, well, I go back to another book, so we could check your <laughs> but uh, I go back to Susan Scott's Fierce Conversations. And, um, you know, the relationship is the conversation. And what I mean by that is the relationship is either conversation that you are having or that you're not having. Mm. And so my, my opinion on that was we've always had a very open dialogue, whether it was, you know, something that was uncomfortable or it was something exciting. Like we, we, we definitely set that standard uh, between our relationship that we were always going to throw that stuff out on the table and that's what made our partnership great was we were always willing to have those difficult conversations we were always willing to respect each other's opinion and we were always committed and dedicated to whatever it was thrown on the table we were going to move through it in a purposeful way that was going to get some kind of result and so you know we had that conversation and um, you know it was uh, it was a, it was a game changer for both of us. I think both of us felt extremely excited and empowered, and and felt that this was already out there. Um, we just hadn't gotten to that point of really convictedly moving forward in the direction. Mm -hmm. So that that fierce conversation, having it, um, was extremely important. And you know, I I'm a big believer in you just you got to communicate whether it's with your clients, mm -hmm. whether it's with your husband or your wife or your kids. Every conversation that we have or that we don't have is going to dictate what direction that you know that relationship goes in. So we've always been open with you know our communication. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll have to pick that one up, and maybe we'll end up talking to somebody about how that book changed their life. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So they, talking about partnership, um, there's a really good book that I was. Uh, it's it's David Meister's uh, latest book. It's I think it's a couple years old now, but he has the whole audio book um, available as podcast on his website. It's called Strategy and the Fat Smoker, oh, and nice. like in the second or third chapter of that, he talks about how he, like in his consulting work, gets called into a lot of professional service firms like law firms, and they're all partnership-based, right, which is not as common in real estate, but it's, it's getting a little bit more common uh, to have actual legal partners in your real estate business. And he talks about how you have to really define what role each of the partner is, what personality type they are, how they go after business, what their life goals are, and then figure out if they're actually really compatible with the other partners, and a lot of times they aren't. Like, so one of the side, the results of him coming in and doing some of his consulting work is that partnerships will break up after he, you know, after he gets a hold of them for the better though, you know, right. and not, not that this is a breakup for, uh, you know, in, in those terms, but it's interesting, like when you really sit down and go, do I, you know, are we really walking the same path, 
wanting to get to the same place in the same pace. And it's very, very difficult to find somebody that stays that way for any Absolutely. length mm -hmm. of time. I mean, if, if somebody came to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about bringing a partner into my business, um, I mean, my first question would be, you know, why? And then the next 15 questions would be why? Because, you know, the reasons that that exists now probably won't be true even a couple years from now, you know? Yeah, it's partnerships, man, are... Uh you know, a whole different beast. And we had so many people constantly reaching out to us because we have we had a successful partnership from the day it started to the day it ended and we still have our in partnership on things together. So even though they've shifted and changed, um, there's always a way to, you know, structure something to where it's a win-win for everybody. But mm -hmm. keeping in mind that a partnership is just like a relationship, you know, it's... Uh, you're talking about money together. You're talking about the vision of your future. You're talking about your family's well-being. I mean, there's so many different variables that come into play with a with a business partnership. That mm -hmm. it's uh, if you don't have those kind of conversations, if you're not open about that and honest about that, then most of them fail and they go up in smoke. Whereas uh, we had a very successful partnership, and the way we ended it, I'm even more proud of because of you know. Holding integrity and holding, you know, our, our our core values at a really high level was we had that respect for each other. So just because we were going in a different direction didn't mean that, um, you know, we thought any different of each other or that we couldn't yeah. find a way to make that work. So by getting clear on that, it also was an empowering thing for her, and she was kind of you know going in a direction where essentialism was. Uh, something that she was looking to apply to her life too. So it was it was weird how that synchronicity of the timing and everything just kind of came into play at the right space, right time. And I think it comes back to uh, just really holding yourself to a high standard of you know operating with integrity, ethics, and truly caring about the other person. There's always a way to find that that middle ground. Yeah, that win-win. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, uh, speaking of clarity, so I'm curious to go back to the, the thing that kind of kicked all this off, which is the, the book kind of informing and, and causing you to reevaluate your goals. And then so you're on, you're on one path, you're on this path to just continually double your real estate business every year or two in order to fulfill the ex outside expectations, right? So what are the some, once you kind of removed that as your goal, what did you refocus on and, and what, what kind of clarity did you have once you went through that process? Yeah, well, I knew early on in that space that I was extremely passionate about wealth building and real estate was my vehicle. And so flipping houses, buying rental properties, um, consulting with other people on this kind of stuff of how they can you know, build their passive income portfolio or, or flip houses, that was something that got me really, really fired up. Having a conversation and holding agents accountable to, you know, how many lead generation calls did you make today? How many showings uh, did you go? How many contracts did you write? Right? Like that stuff makes uh, sick. And yet horrible. it oh, requires yeah. someone to do that. And so yeah. that was part of my accountability and leadership role through that process of growing myself as a leader and adding value to our company. But I also realized that it was not my passion. And so when I got really clear on that and realized that it's not something I had to do, um, it really empowered me to start d designing what it was that I wanted my life to look like and that's what Greg talks about in this book is really it's a life by design unless you choose it not to be and if you don't say yes to the right things or you don't say no to the right things you're letting someone else design your life by default you're basically just giving them that power and so I wanted to be very intentional about where I was spending my time who I was spending it with and for me, it became 
if it isn't a clear yes, then it's a clear no, right? Like if it's mm -hmm. a if it's not a hell yes, I want to do this and I'm passionate about this, then it's a it's a hell no. Like I'm mm -hmm. just not going to do it. And yeah. so love Derek Sivers. It sounds kind of intense, right? But I mean, I look at those who live really happy, really fulfilled, and really productive lives. They are extremely intentional and almost ruthless about where they spend their time. Well, and so that took me back to the drawing board and saying, I got to audit what my time looks like and where I'm spending it. You know, they, uh, they asked a question of a couple of the billionaires, Bill Gates, um, Sir Richard Branson, um, uh, Jobs, and they asked them two questions. One, what is one skill set that you wish you could be better at? And two, what is the most important thing you've learned in business? They all answered, it's, it's weird, they all answered exactly the same. The one they could do better is read faster so they could read more books. And the other thing that they were in the most, Warren Buffett said this, the one thing he perfected and why, they, why these high producers can achieve to the levels that they achieve is because they learn to say no. Yeah. Yep. One goal. And, and you know, God, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the, no. I, I thought there was power in what you just said on they learned how to say no, and that's one thing he kind of talks about as well in the book is the power of a graceful no. Mm -hmm. And just because you're saying no doesn't mean that you don't appreciate that person or don't appreciate that opportunity. Right. It's that you've just held your standards of where you spend your time at a much higher level than people-pleasing or you've become more consistent with how you run your decisions through a, a particular criteria, which he talks about in the book. So the power of a graceful no goes a long way when there's a lot of times where things I used to say yes to, and I just released a podcast on this today, is the difference between a clean no versus a dirty yes. When I was super busy running around, and I see you pondering that for a second. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's really confusing, dude. That sounds, that sounds dirty in so many places. <laughs> well, the dirty, the dirty yes is basically saying something that isn't a clear, get your head out of the gutter, all right, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> is the dirty yes is not saying yes wholeheartedly with a convicted answer of saying absolutely I want to do this right like how many decisions do you say like yes to but you're like mm, I don't know if I should do that or it pops up on your calendar and you're like damn why did I say yes to that uh -huh. you know what I mean where there's the clear no which you're, you run it through your criteria and you're like as much as I appreciate this opportunity I'm extremely flattered I just can't commit to that at this time and people yeah. at the end of the day They'll respect it, and if they don't, that's okay. But you have to be convicted enough to say gracefully, no, I don't want to do this, or no, I can't do this. And when I started really abiding by that rule, my calendar looks a lot less <laughs> dirty, <laughs> Greg, <laughs> and a lot, it's a lot more functional and a lot more productive now. My results and where I spend my time are allocated to the areas that I really want to be spending it in. Yeah, it's totally true. I have another guy that's hounding me to help, uh, pod, help do a co-host on another podcast. Dude, that thing ain't going nowhere, all right? And he's like, come on, man, come on, man. I'm like, hopefully he doesn't watch this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he won't, trust me. But if he does, you know what? I've told him so many times, and I, and I held my ground like you saying. It, it, you can't be jerked around like a dog on the end of a chain. You've no. got to be able to stand your ground, and once you—and that's another thing I'm sure you did with your real estate clients and do with your real estate clients—is that I tell my clients no quite a bit. Greg, can I see this now? No, but I can do it here. Yep. They're like, oh, okay, because people only know what you tell them, right? Yeah, you train—you train them how to treat you or how to communicate with you. And I mean, uh, one of the things I love that Gary Keller said was, he goes, uh, he goes, I am a loving person. My standards are not. 
and you can kind of apply that to any area of your business or your life is these are my standards of say where I spend my time or these are my standards of how I spend my money these are my standards of how I communicate with my clients whatever it is right you can put a standard on anything my standards are not loving I do not I do not you know concede on any of those but I my, myself I'm a very loving person I have a big heart but at the same time I have set these standards because I know that they will serve me and my journey at the highest level and I apologize if that doesn't meet your standards or your criteria but this is how I'm designing my life this is my life by design and so I, I just love that that statement you can, that. you can lay that over any any standard that you have in your life any category of your life <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> you know that yeah, that really nice fat girl asked you out she's like she's like hey you want to go out you're like mm, I'm a nice person but my standards aren't bitch you gotta go <laughs> That would be a dirty no. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it depends on whether there's the caveat to call me later if I'm bored or something. That, that's a dirty. That's a dirty no. It's like no, but text me later. All yeah, right, right. Anyway, let's go. Let's get back to the ego because I, I've got I've got one more question, uh, and but I want to get to that in a second. So you, you mentioned like the ego, like letting go of the ego part in terms of like your goal setting, but there's there's another section of ego that plays into this that I want to delve into real quick which is the 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 drive to be and take pride in always being busy right and and the sheer amount of stuff like being a prolific businessman or you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. a just putting out the you know if you, if you read a lot I love Gary Vaynerchuk I love the fact that he is very tuned in to what people want in terms of content but that style of entrepreneurship just the always on 14 yep. hours a day fill every second that you're not mm -hmm. doing something else by being on social media like I cannot I've tried to do that, and I don't have the personality for it. I don't know how he does, but that is his personality. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you feel it, Matt, but I definitely feel the pressure of other people that are chasing and trying to be like that, trying to be the next Gary Vee or Grant Cardone. And you can feel that ego, right, that yep. ego pull to join that crowd and be just as busy. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I mean, at the end of the day, our lives are already hectic enough as it is. We all have lots of commitments. Um, but there's this, these guys have been in the game a really, really, really long time. And I understand this whole obsessed movement of grind and work as hard as you possibly can. And for some people, that may work for them. That may get them fired up. I was in a space in my life where that was me. And then I also got into a space of my life where I realized there was much more to life ego-wise than being at a certain level of you know gross commission income or having this many contacts in my database or you know getting this many opportunities to speak on stage right that that was that's sometimes the what I call the draw the line in the sand um, disease where you mm -hmm. constantly get caught up in the I'm gonna work my ass off nonstop until I get to that side of the line and then when you get to that side of the line you're constantly now psychologically training your subconscious to say oh well here's the next line and then here's the next mm -hmm. line and then you know 50 years down the road you have no relationship with your kids you weren't able to build a healthy relationship with a spouse or a partner yeah. you didn't feel fulfilled and didn't take care of your health i mean mm -hmm. so there's so much more in my opinion this is just me where if you just get blinders onto that and you become obsessed that you know everybody says in order to you know startup world and in the business world 
you have to grind all day long. Yes, there is a time and a place for that, but there is also this whole idea of sustainable entrepreneurship and making sure you're not burning yourself out and going into a state of overwhelm. And when you do that, then your productivity goes down, your results go down, your fulfillment and happiness go down, and that's not serving anybody. So I agree with that at a really high level. Is, you know, we overvalue uh, a lot of the non-essentials in life, and he talks about that in the book, is... You know, we value things like if I do this, it's going to get me a nicer car or a nicer house or even the intangibles like, you know, how many Twitter followers do I have or how many people liked my Facebook page, right? Yeah. And instead, we neglect the actual activities that are truly essential to our happiness like spending time with our loved ones or, you know, taking care of your body and going on a hike or taking care of our health. Whatever it is, if we kind of reevaluated why, what's the intention behind that? Um, I think that sand, that line in the sand would start to kind of fade a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I, I apply it to uh, an experience that I had. I was hiking Machu Picchu with some of the GoBundance guys. And we're all competitive, right? And we're all hard-charging entrepreneurs. And we think that, okay, goals in my mind, I'm going to be the first one to accomplish it. And so my thing was we were hiking over Dead Woman's Pass. And I was like, I'm going to be the first person up there. Yeah, I'm going to show these old dudes what's up. <laughs> and I was the first dude at the top of the mountain, and then I was waiting for one for them to all come rolling in, and they're all coming in, and they're they're hugging, and they're high-fiving, they're talking about the stories that they shared, the pictures they took. Some of them were crying, embracing, and what I realized was, and this is a metaphor to tie into what we just discussed, was that I drew a line in the sand, and I said, well, that's my goal. When I get up there, I'm going to feel stoked that I accomplished that, and what I realized was I just missed out on the entire experience of that journey by putting my blinders on and just going to the top of that hill. Mm -hmm. And instead I missed the pictures that were going on around me, the scenery, the conversation, you know, that kind of stuff is where when you become so obsessed with something, you forget everything else that's going around you, going on around you, and you lose sight, I think, of what's really important. So I do agree there's a healthy relationship of having to be obsessed and putting in that time and energy, but at the end of the day, nobody wants to be the richest man in the grave graveyard, you know yeah. what I mean? And um, we can all get caught up in doing that, and so it's something to be aware of, and at least just be intentional about, you know, checking yourself when you get into that space. It's very true. You know, it's the old saying that says, you know, life is what happens while you're making other plans because you were making other plans to get to the top of it while life was happening behind you. you know? Correct. And it's, a, it, it, it's very impactful. I hope people that are listening to this really, really get what you are saying because, I mean, shit, man, this is resonating with me like a mo mofo. Um, you know, the reason why is that I, I have my blinders on. I'll be 100% honest with you. I got my blinders on. And there is going to be that point I'm going to look back and be like, shit, dude, I did not take the time for to build a relationship with a nice, you know, nice gal. I didn't, you know, my brother got married and has kids and everyone thought he was going to be the pimp playboy and everything else. But he's like the happiest, like, family dude ever. You know, so it, it, it is important. You, you do have to, you know, like when a plane takes off, you got to burn a lot of fuel to get up to cruising altitude. But then you, you, you can back it off. They're not flooring it the whole time. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, another side of that fence, though, is if that's what makes you happy and really is what fulfills you, yeah. then then do it, right? Like, I'm not right. here to judge and say that um, don't be obsessed and don't sacrifice this, this, and this. If that's If your intention is pure and you're clear on that and that's really what makes you happy and that's what fulfills you and you don't want to do some of the things that I'm talking about or some of the things that other people are doing – who cares to each their own it just goes back to the overwhelm the fulfillment and the happiness piece which is really at the end of the day that's all that matters 
Yeah, people need to write out their goals so they need to know where they're going. You know, put those down on paper, identify them, review them on a daily, weekly basis. You know, morph them. If they become impotent in your brain and they don't stimulate you, they don't get you going in the morning, cross it off and write a new one that, that in there that does get you going. Life is, is, is constantly flowing like a river, and yep. you've got to be in the right boat at the right place because you don't want to be taking a, a kayak, you know, down a, a five, class five rapid. You're probably not going to make it. You know what? <laughs> Unless you're Greg. <laughs> I almost popped. I literally almost got my head popped like a grape white water rafting. I'll tell that story later. But it was a scary, scary freaking situation. <laughs> we'll save oh, that for another. Yeah, another near death podcast. Exactly. Near, yeah, near death podcast. Near death. Near death. Yeah, exactly. We're launching soon to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> near death podcast. <laughs> Stories of Greg almost dying. Every brought to you weekly. All right. So, uh, so Matt, riddle, riddle me this. I, I have a uh, a question. We talked about it a little bit before we uh, we officially started recording. So I knew it, it can throw you off a little bit. But uh, so give me give me the question. Some some you know creative thought provoking question that you ask yourself to either keep yourself on course or look for creative ideas in your business. This is a great question, and I do a lot of journaling, I do a lot of reflecting, gratitude, stuff like that every day, and when you guys kind of threw this at me, I was like, I don't necessarily know if I strategically ask myself this kind of question on a daily basis, so I appreciate you guys bringing that to the table, because one of the things I would say I do kind of reflect on on a daily basis, though, is did I show up today in a way that will empower my team, my family, my company, and pretty much everybody around me to be better than they were yesterday. So that that's something that I'm constantly, you know, my my big why besides my family is, you know, why I do pretty much everything I do, but my big why is to inspire people to live with passion and purpose in all areas of life that they hold important. So it, it, did I do that today? Did I show up as that person? It's uh it's something that I'm constantly striving to be better at and also remain aware of. So I would say that's something that I'm consistently asking myself and I would suggest to anybody that's listening to, maybe it's this question or maybe it's another question, but I would say it for me, uh, one of the questions you should ask yourself is, how did I improve today? What did I do today that uh, is going to make me better tomorrow? Yep. No, that's actually incredibly, incredibly insightful. And just so that when you lay your head down at night, tonight, just know you enriched my life, Matt. <laughs> and you, uh, you know what? I'm gonna think about that <laughs> right before right. I close my eyes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody thinks that ever. <laughs> That's scary. The last thing I want to think about before I lay my head down on my on, on my bed and go to sleep is Greg McDaniel. Dirty, <laughs> dirty yeses and Greg before I go to. Uh, go to bed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so you alluded uh, to it, but we didn't spell it out at the beginning of the show. But you have a really fantastic uh, podcast as well. So how do people get a hold of that and subscribe and download and all that good stuff? Yeah, so uh, podcast is Millionaire Mindcast where basically it's where mindset and money meet. It's where we I interview other millionaires worth modeling after that you can take you know success strategies from them on either wealth building, business, entrepreneurship. Uh, and then I do a wealth tip Wednesday and a Friday food for thought, some kind of thought-provoking conversation around mindset and wealth building. Uh, so you can find that at millionairemindcast.com. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook. We got a cool course launching on six-figure flipping. A lot of people are interested in real estate investing and flipping and don't really know how to get started with that. So it's going to be the most affordable one out there, and I'm pretty excited to get that launched. That's awesome. awesome. Very cool, man. That's really cool. 
All right. Well, with that, we will uh, put a button on this one. So the book we've been talking about is Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, Greg McCown. It's a great, great book. So go buy that immediately. Start implementing that. Um, like I said, Matt, I, I, there's, there's some other resources that I encountered several years ago um, that, that is in that similar uh, vein, uh, Zen Habits blog being one of them. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Leo, yep. Leo Babata, I believe. And... Um, and then there's uh, there's another blog by a couple of guys uh, called The Minimalists, uh, which is really, really good. So anybody that's into that, just the idea of scaling down, getting really, really focused and clear about what your goals are, like the, the two or three things that are going to make you really fulfilled if you accomplish them, and then focusing like a laser on just those things. Uh, those are some excellent resources. And then there's a book that I'm reading right now. Uh, it's about Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. I bought it at the, uh, the Berkshire Hathaway. I don't know if you got to go to that, Matt. Um, I didn't, but I heard okay, yeah. awesome stuff about it. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Uh, so the book was uh, the book is called "Just Tell Me Where I'm Dying So That I Never Go There." <laughs> so it's a great, a great little title. But uh, so a lot of the book is about um, getting really focused and uh, and simplicity and applying simplicity and common sense and just the hard the reason that most people make things too complicated and stay busy and and keep their lives complicated is because it takes hard mental thought to arrive at simplicity and that's I think that's the the message of books like essentialism is if you're gonna strip things down to the core that better be the right things and that takes some right. hard mental thought to get to mm -hmm. what are the right things anybody can stay busy anybody can just say yes to every opportunity right it's hard to really get to the core of what should I be doing yeah it really and once you once you find that out like Matt you found out once you, you you're gonna feel that weight drop off of you mm -hmm. and you're gonna feel yeah, there's free nothing to go there's nothing like clarity Nothing. Clarity is everything. Clarity so is what like, releases energy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, like I said, let's put a button on that one. Uh, this will do it for this edition of uh, the Pursuing Results Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit subscribe, and then if you go on over to the uh, uh, iTunes or Stitcher for the audio versions, you can get us there and uh, get all of our future episodes and all the amazing guests and books that we're going to talk about. But until next time, guys, Greg, Matt, we'll see you. Peace out.